0: Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston Sports. I'm your host, Justin Poulan, joining me, as always, John Duke. And honestly, John, the drama just isn't there for us this year. You know, it's, we've got this first overall pick, and it's obviously gonna be Fultz. And so, I, you know, I, what can we do to shake it up a little bit, because between now and Thursday's live draft night show, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, because it's just such a far gone conclusion.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, it's such a boring time of year, there's not much to talk about, no games, um, you know, we could try to, you know, get into some of that, but we just need like a really juicy rumor to happen or maybe a trade that might kind of shake things up and make this show worth listening to.
0: I know. Even the finals kind of just finished the way you expected it. Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors. They basically yeah. almost sweep them if it weren't for the help of the refs. And now we're going into a draft and really it's, <laughs> I don't want to make it sound anticlimactic because the number one overall pick is obviously very exciting, but it's really just we all know Hell Fultz is the, you know, the premier player in this draft. Nobody else could possibly, you know. I mean, look, every single pundit says Markel Fultz is the best player, and there's just no way the Celtics are going to create trade down. No way at all. Except, wait, hold <laughs> on. what? And so Twitter <laughs> blows up on, on Saturday night, Saturday evening, and. Uh, it's just been nuts ever since then. I'm not sure how I felt about it at first. I'm actually warming up to it. Here's the crazy thing. You and I talked about Jason Tatum earlier this year. And I said, I kind of secretly think I like this guy. If we don't get number one, he might climb my board and be my guy, right? And he's kind of widely been right. outside of those top three. He's sort of been four. But, hey, don't worry about it. He's still, like, really good, and he he sort of belongs in that group of four, but he's still the fourth pick in the draft. Now, all of a sudden, Kevin O'Connor's got him number two, and the Celtics clearly are going to take Jackson or Tatum, and that's why they feel comfortable moving down to three or four – I mean, down to three, because they know one of those two are going to be available in the end. Markel Fultz, all of a sudden, not so valuable to the Celtics. I can't imagine that this future – Number one, and really there's a couple of ways the Celtics will be able to get this pick. I can't imagine that future number one wouldn't be worth it unless two things are the situation. Danny does not think Mark Hell Fultz is going to be a top five player in the NBA in the future. And second, he has plans for those picks and they're going somewhere.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's the, I think that's the, the most important thing because I think everyone has seen enough of Fultz to say this guy's talented player. He can do a lot of things on the court. There's, there's a a lot of reasons to make that guy part of your future. He's, he's was, we talked about a lot. He can play the two, he can play the one. He's got a wingspan that, that, that would allow him to play small forward. Frankly, Um, there's a lot that you can do with Markel Fultz on your team and you know the the upside is there for him to to become you know a truly great player a, a perennial all-star and and on and on down the list however if you can add two top 5 picks which is really what you're talking about in this it's 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 the chance of of two shots at a, an elite player as opposed to one shot at an elite player being you know the the guy and i think would i think you know you you say one I think I got a good shot with two cracks at the, at at the opportunity of getting a star or pair of stars versus one. And anything can happen with that one star. And I think that, you know, on that end, you know, you could say, okay, well, on the, on the basis of just pure talent evaluation, you know, you look at the, the 18 draft, you look at the 17 draft and say, if there's not a big difference between Fultz and Tatum, Fultz and Jackson, Fultz and Ball, you take that because you know you get a second guy who's just as good as is that, that same class of, of player. And I think that that weighs heavily. But the other thing about this to me is the timing, the timing, the timing, the timing. That's why this thing is so curious to me. There's no reason for this to come out this soon. There's zero reason for Danny Ainge no, and I don't agree Celtics with that. to let on. it out there now.
0: You really think that? I don't, no, see, I don't agree. Now, now, if they're going to move down to number three, they're not getting any workouts from any of these guys. They have to do it so that they can do their due diligence process because everybody's refusing to work out for them.
1: But you don't need to work As, as long as you get the medicals. You and I were talking about this on Friday. As long as you get the medicals. That's that's the issue. They've seen enough of these guys. Everyone's seen Josh Jackson play. Everyone's seen what he can do. Everyone's seen what Jason Tatum play. I mean, they played at Kentucky, at Kansas, and Duke. You know what those guys can do on the court. You know what ball can do at UCLA. The medicals. Are I important. agree on the scouting. You're 100 you know, percent right on the scouting because not there's that.
0: nothing a chair can do uh, better than what we've seen in the college ranks, even if it's a one-and-done. I totally agree with that. But the medicals are a key piece of it. Um, I guess at the NBA Draft Combine, they get all the measurements and all the information that they would need in that regard. But having them go through that medical evaluation is pretty crucial. And how many times do players go through that eval and the agents won't give the information up to the team that may be drafting them, and not to mention the amount sure. of time to—if there's a hot spot somewhere on an X-ray, or you know, there there looks to be you know spots on a on a knee, you know, that's those are those are things you're going to want to do follow up on.
1: Absolutely no, and I and I and I don't think that that's I. I, I think there's plenty of time for that to work itself out now, uh, between now and, and Thursday. I mean, you, you see guys. Marcus Smart flew out the day before the draft and came to Boston and worked out for the team. And I mean, all kinds of things work out at the last minute, it seems. The pressure does, it's, it's, it's like any negotiation. Those things seem to come together. I think that the reason why I'm, I look at the timing though, predominantly is that I think the only reason you do this deal now and you, is to let everybody know I've got assets to make another deal. And, and to try to do the heavy lifting on that second deal. To me, that's the only thing that really makes sense. I think they, they've got their evaluation of Tatum and Jackson. I don't think there's, there's probably much in the air right now in terms of where the Celtics are. I think it's a question of what can you do with those assets and is there a bigger deal that can happen? Whether it's Paul George, whether it's Jimmy Butler, whether it's Anthony Davis. That's, I think those are the, those, that's why you do it now the anthony davis rumor
0: is obviously intriguing i mean don't don't ever think for a second that the that the deal this season didn't sort of cue this up that hey that that might be something that happens because how do how how does demarcus cousins and and davis work together i i'm not sure it's almost like it was a setup for transition. Like this may have been discussed all along and that they kind of knew they weren't going to compete in the near future. So why not why not spin him off, get some assets, etc. So here's the thing though. I'm not entirely sure that they're going to trade these that they're a hundred percent wanting to trade all these assets and, and whatnot either. I almost think all we heard about was how awesome this draft class was, but we also heard it really wasn't loaded with future top five players, that there were a lot of great players in this draft and you couldn't go wrong maybe in the lottery at all, but that in terms of the depth. But maybe nobody really stood out. But when you look at next year's draft, John, all you ever hear about is Doncic and Porter and that there are players that are almost Embiid-like is what I would say as far as what people think their impact might be. So now they've got the Nets pick, which gives them a real shot, and they'll get the Lakers pick if it's somewhere between 2 and 5, at least if this deal goes down as reported. There is, in a crazy world, chance that the Celtics, not only did they sort of do something insane with having the first overall pick this year, but there is a world that exists now where the Celtics might have the first and second overall pick next year. I'm not sure that they're necessarily setting up for a deal right now uh, obviously, if they can get the right deal, Danny will always pull the trigger. But moving down to three frees up, what, $1.4 million. It helps them get a max free agent, so they're going to look, obviously, at Griffin or Hayward. If Griffin opts out, that would be the move this summer. We've talked about that ad nauseum, really, on the show. But they created just that little bit of extra cap space so that they can pull in the free agent. Maybe they still sit. Let these teams kind of play a little bit and try to hold on to some of these assets. They could always do a deal at the trade deadline next year. And for certain guys, obviously, Blake, if he picks up his option instead of opting out, um, and somebody like Paul George, that rental is a very short-term rental, but then you have the opportunity to, to re-sign them next season in the offseason without worrying about cap implications and having the cap space to do that. So... I almost I I would almost be surprised to see these acquired picks the nets pick next year and the one that they're getting from Philadelphia spun off right away. I almost feel like they're hedging their bets on next year's draft and saying Fultz is good but we don't agree with the pundits that he is really that much better. Yeah, he's a three-level scorer with a lot of defensive potential and length, but in the Celtics' eyes, we got guards we're not really going to place him as really elite above the other three players that are available in the top four. And now we're in the sweet spot at number three where we can't lose. We're going to get one guy that we really like.
1: But I, I think in a, in a vacuum that works. I think the problem is, is that when they are trying to acquire free agents and, you know, sign guys onto this team, uh, you, know, you need to be able to sell them on something a uh, plan to win now. And even in a, even on a rebuilding team, a a, a trust a process Sam Hinkie model, um, this is this is would be unprecedented. I can't imagine Sam Hinkie saying, I've got the number one pick, I've got Ben Simmons, I'm gonna and, and he was gone by the time they got the number one pick with Ben Simmons, but I'm gonna deal the Ben Simmons pick away to get the Nets pick, you know, get the Jalen Brown pick and the Celtics pick this year. I don't think that I don't think that even Cle even Philly would have done that. So I think that there's that end of it um and then the other piece is is that you've you're you are trying to win in part now cuz you can't you know you, if you're trying to attract these free agents um you know you've got Horford at 31 years old you've got Isaiah you need to resign for a max deal you're trying to get Hayward or maybe um you know maybe even Blake Griffin you can't i don't think you can do those two things i think it i think it they're a bit of cross purposes so I agree in terms of asset collection. I think you're right. I think but I think the the concern is in the in the free agent world, it's just very difficult to make someone buy into that and see a longer term for a team that may finally be good before your, you know, at the, after your contract even expires. Well, the
0: only thing I'll say to that is the two players that are available that are the most highly targeted are Gordon Hayward who is likely to trust that vision from Brad Stevens, and we are still riding momentum, and the assets are there for an agent to say, yeah, like, look, they really can do a deal when the right one comes along. And the mm-hmm. second one is Blake Griffin, and we've already heard rumors about players around the league that were actually at Paul Pierce's final game, so you can only <laughs> think that <the laughs> all, like that was probably the most poorly disguised quote I've ever seen. And it's clearly Blake Griffin. And he's saying, look at what... These fans matter. When it, and, and think about that four years ago. This was the narrative that has been tried since last offseason, or maybe last midseason. This narrative has been pushed out from multiple Boston media outlets. We've talked about it on this show so many times. The fans are really why... We we want to try to use them to encourage players to come here, and the fans have really bitten on that narrative and hyped up their game. And it's true; it's actually working. The ovation that they gave Paul and KG when they came back for their first game in the Nets uniform, the goodbye to KG, the goodbye to Paul Pierce, the way that they treat players that have put banners into the rafters; those that has become. An incredible recruiting tool, and it was sort of written that that was what they were going for, and the fans answered the call. I'm not saying they haven't always been this way because they are, but it's amazing that it's finally working, that you're actually getting those quotes. So I think it was a Keith Smith article that really dove into it this week, yeah. and Keith, Keith killed it. That was my favorite article of the week. Lots of good content leading up to the draft. That one, by far my favorite. Real quick, just a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke, the entire CLNS Media Network, at CLNS Radio. And the Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download our app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And CLNS Media's YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash CLNS Radio for high definition, full length locker room interviews and the Garden Report with Jared Weiss. That's in season, but we will have. Garden report and video coming on draft night as well as a live show. Bobby Manning, John Duke, and myself are going to be hosting a live draft night show with guests. We have people attending the event in New York at Madison Square Garden. So I'm sure – and actually, that will be one of our favorites, Sam Sheehan here from the CLNS Media Network. Sam's going to be out there. I'm sure we'll hear from him and and bring him into the show. But, John – I'm pretty excited now because all of a sudden we've gone from no-brainer pick to who do you want. And so we let off the show. I talked about Tatum and how kind of latched on to him somewhere around early to mid-January, I think, was when I really said, hey, I like this guy. I didn't even know about the Paul Pierce comparisons at the time. Really, the thing that stuck out to me was the length and the high release on his shot, and I thought, that's a guy that bare minimum in this league is going to be able to score because challenging his shot is going to be difficult. Didn't say he would be a great defender. Didn't say he'd have tons of lateral quickness and driving ability. And word out there as far as Josh Jackson is, isn't that a little duplicative of the Jalen Brown pick? But I'll tell you, I think Jalen Brown is going to play shooting guard in the future. So no matter if you take Jackson or Tatum, I think those two players are going to be at that three-slash-four spot and positional flexibility, as we 've talked about is super key with the Boston Celtics and the way they run their game
1: yeah no you know that's I, let's let's let 's be very clear about this you know and and you know we 've been on this for a while, but positions aren 't what positions used to be you know i mean we're not this isn't a world where you know we're, it's so it's 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 point guards it's wings and bigs like that's you know that 's where we 're at now, and you 're absolutely right like just because you get a Josh Jackson, you get a Jason Tatum, they're not duplicative. You know, the question is, are you, are you quick enough to be able to defend on the perimeter? Um, are, can you, can you switch on pick and rolls? Um, you know, can you provide, can you hit a three and spread the floor? I mean, that's, that's the trick right there. If you can do those things, you can play. It doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. You can do all those things. It helps. Tatum, what, what I like about Tatum, in in being on this team, is that one he's an ISO player, and I think we saw that a lot in the in the Cleveland and Golden State final, but but even a little bit in the uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you can you switch 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 switch, and then you end up with your with your your you know, whatever you want that uh, preferred matchup to be. And you need guys who can take advantage of that situation. Kyries and LeBrons and those guys. You need someone with a killer instinct. Jason Tatum has that killer instinct. Jason Tatum knows how to get past his guy and get his shot off. Whether it's a, 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 you know, a step back jumper, whether it's a, you know, a leaner, whether it's a runner, whether it's a, you know, find its way into the hoop. And he's got that prototypical new, uh, if you want to talk about small ball four, he's got that size, um, that, that he can, he can, you know, play the four position in, in a small ball lineup and, and be effective, um, throughout. Um, is he, not to as athletic? he was a rebounder in
0: college. I mean, let's absolutely. look at that. Was it 7.6 rebounds in 33 minutes yeah. or something like that? Yeah,
1: no, he, yeah, absolutely. He was, he was the type, I mean, I, I, listen, he's not going to be, you're not going to con- confuse him with the 1990s, uh, you know, power forwards that are, you know, 610 and, you know, that, that's not his game, but, but he's, you know, he he actually averaged eight and a half, almost nine rebounds a game this year per forty. And he was uh, he, he, he he was able to hit the three ball. He could hit the mid range jumper. He could get to the basket. We need to stop this. Duke players don't have the athleticism thing. Jabari can get up. He can get up and down. Um, you know, Ingram shows athletic flashes, although he had a rough year. Tatum is probably as athletic as any of them, if not more so. We gotta stop this, like, oh, it's a Duke player, and like, there's so much Duke hate that's thrown at this kid. That's really unfair. If that's
0: what gets yeah. him to make sure that we we yes. can have him on our team, and then exactly. he goes out there and and does become a Paul Pierce. I mean, look, everybody wants to make this pick. Like Danny Ainge's legacy is completely tied to this one move. No, oh get the hell like out that. of here with that. Yes, yep. it's an important one. Yes, it's crucial. If Markel Fultz does become a top five player in the next five years, there's going to be egg on Danny's face unless whoever he does select, if it's Jason Tatum, so be it, that player becomes an all-star and the team goes on to compete in the Eastern Conference Finals and makes a couple finals and maybe wins one, there's a lot less criticism. It's not the most crucial. They might still look back and go, "Mm, probably shouldn't have passed on Fultz, but if it all works out in the end, no big deal. Same thing. If they spin it off and they go get a Butler or they go get a Paul George and they wind up going and competing and they wind up winning championships, even though Mark Foltz is a top five player in five years, it doesn't sting as much. The only way this one really hurts is if they don't wind up spinning it off and making a deal to bring in a player to win championships and, and sort of Win now but still with all these with all the these amassed picks, they'll still have a chance to have some young players and it's waffling that youth movement slash win now. I think they can still do that. But if he doesn't spin that off and then he makes the pick this year and next year and it winds up being, you know, not the Joe Barry Carroll situation, you know, but it's more of a Kwame Brown scenario, yes. Then Danny's gonna have a lot of questions to answer. But the truth is, is there's just too many assets for him not to come out on top somehow, some way along the line. So I don't think this is a real make it or break it kind of deal. But I do think that trying to make the best selection and I don't the rumors are now that they're not spinning off this number three that they intend to make the pick.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'd say, too, you know, I mean, to be able to. (laughs) not to be not to be conspiracy theories. like that's what they want you to think but you know that's what you gotta say right I mean I don't know I mean what are these chances they're gonna be able to get a bigger player I mean it's not great you know I mean everyone's saying well Jimmy Butler's not gonna go anywhere and the Celtics apparently haven't checked in on Paul George and you know you go down the list right I mean there's just the chances of it happening are small right but that's, I mean, to me, you get the treasure trove and then you go shopping, right? And so that's, that's where they're at is they're, they're in that scenario where chances of it happening are not great. They're going to take a Blair who's going to fit for them. And if it so happens that they can flip that pick, great. And if not, then so be it. And, and with either Jackson or Tatum, they have the opportunity to do that. What we haven't really talked about is the potential the ball could drop to them as well. There is that. Scenario because I, I know, but I'm pretty much pretending that that's not happening at all. That that's not I know. Awesome. I mean, I'm not.
0: That pick is no go for me, and it has nothing to do. I just didn't. I know he's six six. I know he's a great distributor. Like I get all that. There's just something funky about the hitching his giddy up on that shot that just drives me nuts. And Kevin O'Connor did a nice analysis of how that. Might be difficult for him in transitioning to the NBA, you know, kind of compared it to, to Steph Curry and how Steph creates space. I'm not saying he's not a winner, but I'm not going to the dad thing and, oh, LeVar wants him to play in LA. Like, look, plenty of players, including Paul Pierce, have turned that. Uh, but if we're going to try to convert somebody, I don't want it to be Lonzo Ball. I want it to be Paul George. So we can, we can cue that one up for in a minute. But are you going to take Lonzo Ball over Jackson or or Tatum?
1: Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Something just came up on Facebook, on on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Can you pause that for just a quick second? Yeah, we'll pause that, no doubt. Um, So Adam Adam Himmelsbach reported that – Fultz canceled his workout with the Celtics to visit the Lakers and Sixers, but the Celtics are still trying to convince the guard to come in again. What? What? No doubt. This is, yeah. This is, yeah. This is, yeah. This is that yeah. Philadelphia
0: is picking Lonzo Ball, and they think Jackson could go to the Lakers? I don't know. Dude, there's, they, listen, if they pulled I mean, that kind of crap off, that I can only scream collusion.
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> I mean,
1: seriously, there's no way. Are, are you, oh. you think they're second guessing their move? I, well, this is, okay. So that came from nine o'clock last night. So um, I, I'm not sure if that's still the case because he, ever since then he's, you know, Sullis hadn't been told the deal was done. You know, he He had that comment this morning that he found out that, that, when the Celtics found out the deal was done um, they heard it from the media, not from the Sixers or from um, Fultz's people. So maybe there's a little bit of, you know, timing in terms of Himmel's box comments. But anyway, I just, someone just tweeted tweeted that out as a, you know, perhaps a comment or, or a recent update when perhaps that's, that's old news and doesn't fit any longer. I'm not, 100% 100% sure of that but um I wonder if that's if there is a second guessing or it seems like the Celtics the word that the Celtics have given back through Bullpat and others has been a quite a bit more pump the brakes on the trade and on their um their role in the trade and it seems like other ends of it the Sixers and and perhaps uh, Fultz's agent have been pretty um forward uh, pushing in terms of this this narrative about pushing him to to Philly so again I don't know what any of that means and it could be that you know we're gonna look at this by the time uh, this show gets released everyone's like okay yeah never mind you're an idiot but I just wanted to mention that because it just seems a little bit bizarre um it at, does at this point and in it, stage it, yeah, and the no, timing it, of it, 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 go back to the earlier thing, the timing thing is weird to me in, in general about how this whole thing has come about.
0: It's not just the timing, it's how it leaked out and then they can't consummate it until you know later today, Monday. And that's also bizarre because why? why show your cards if you're not hoping that something else that you are working on doesn't realize that this is pretty serious. And so you're almost like, look, you're on the clock. By Monday, you've got to get your offer. And maybe that's where it all ties into Anthony Davis in some respects. I have no idea. We're going to talk about this when we come back. First, we've got just a quick break. We're going to tell you about Zip Recruiter. The playoff season is over but as you can ask the golden state warriors having the right players on the court will be the key to your success that sharp outside shooter or peer power rebounder or a guy who does both can be the difference between winning and losing right lebron business isn't any different your company needs the right people to be the best so Where do you go to find the top talent? You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to post on all the top job sites. Now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post to over 100 job sites with just one click. And then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. So that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. And in fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter gets a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No more juggling emails or calls into your office. You simply screen rate and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. And right now, our listeners can start forming forming their own winning dream team or super team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to sports sportsfan That's sports sportsfan Try it today for free at sports sportsfan So John, we got sidetracked there for a second, but let's go back to the original kind of question that we hit pause on. We've got Jackson. We've got Tatum. But then maybe Lonzo Ball, to your point, slips down to three because we have heard rumors that L.A. might like Jackson and Philly seems to be moving up for the opportunity to draft Fultz, never mind our crazy, wacky conspiracy theory that Fultz might fall to three somehow. Let's just put that one aside because that would be obviously a dream scenario for this uh, situation. But let's set that aside. Let's just pretend Lonzo Ball falls to three. If that happens... It's really only happening because Josh Jackson is going to the Lakers, Fultz is going to the 76ers. I really don't see Tatum leapfrogging those guys for any of the other two teams in the top two. So you're down, you're sitting in the Celtics position, it's between Tatum and Ball. Are you really taking Ball, John?
1: I I can't. I can't. I. He's fourth on the list for me. I mean, no matter what, he's fourth. Uh, Kevin Pelton did did his you know his statistical uh analysis and analytic uh, take on on the the best uh draft picks available ball is number 1 there um he also probably played on the most talented team um out of the top 10 players so i think while i i'm sure he'll be you know he has ability and he he could be a very special player in terms of his, his sense and feel for the game. I'm just not sure, like you said, the funky shot, the, I think athletically he's, he's not next level athletic and maybe his, his intellect is enough to, to overcome those things, but I just, I just don't get a good feeling there. I, I, I feel like I'd rather have something a bit safer in somebody like Jason Tatum. Uh, than then going with ball and let him slip to Phoenix, I think if ball's there, I think you have a chance to perhaps squeeze something more out of Phoenix or uh, or possibly Sacramento at five but but i i would I would rather try to pass on and, and acquire even more uh-huh. um, future assets if you could wow you would you would keep moving down. Yeah. Well, let's say you're just flipping with with Phoenix, four, you know, 3-4, you know. So that I they take ball do and then you yeah. still get Tatum. Yeah. Give yep. me, give me, you know, give me. Give me, uh, give me.
0: Give me. <laughs> that, that right there is one. Danny Ainge's, like, that's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, give me. He's sitting here just collecting more draft picks, and I don't even yeah. know how he's doing it. It's insane.
1: Well, you know, I mean, okay. So, like, right now, right? The, the the rumors are, you know, talking about how, um, you know, the rumors right now is that you know the, um, Indiana, you know, they want to they want two number ones and a and a, and a veteran player. Well, you know, <laughs> the more assets allow you to get players in those type of scenarios, whether it's a, a you know perhaps a one-year flyer or, or something else. And if you're able to turn that into the potential of keeping an, an all-star player, you have to, you have to look strongly at it. And uh so, you know, those assets do matter. And, you know, everyone's kind of pointing the finger, ha ha ha, you know, Danny's, you know, just acquiring all these picks and and chips and all that. He, he, he did, he's cashed them in, you know, he cashed them in, in 2007 in, in a, in a tremendous way in an unprecedented way. And it, in some ways it changed the the future, not only the Celtics, but also probably the league in terms of these super teams trying to pull together. And I think that, well, the Celtics did it probably in a bit more karmic way. Um, I think that that's, it matters. It matters to be able to go to a team and say, I have all that you need. Just give me your best player. <laughs> And, and you can allow them to, to hit the reset button and to, to start over. Only in this case, you're not, you're giving them draft picks instead of players that, you know, maybe or may not work out. Instead, you get to choose who those, who those players could be, which I think maybe sets the, the Celtics in a better position now than they were in 2006, 2007, where they had young players who or good or mixed, uh, now you're going to give that team the chance to make those players and those selections, which I think is, is probably a, ben- a beneficial thing for whoever is that acquiring team.
0: All right, so let's kind of talk about who those players might be and also categorize maybe you know what you'd be willing to give up. Because honestly, for Anthony Davis, I think you, you throw the farm at it right you have to throw the farm at him yeah but then jimmy butler and i've seen you on twitter you're saying "Eh, i'm not just not so sure i'm gonna want to pay the high price then we look at somebody like paul george who that was kind of where we were going with the lonzo ball thing he seems to say i'm going to la and maybe lebron's going to follow him and they're going to try to create a powerhouse out west which i say fine go ahead if that's going to happen and we can't get Paul George here in Boston, can go ahead, go out west, stay out there. We'll see you in the finals. We'll do our best. And maybe we'll still have this young core of Brown and Smart and Rozier and other picks, Zizic, Yabaselli. Maybe over the next five years this team sort of – Again, maybe some of these assets get packaged, or there's other moves to be made to wind up being competitive. But wouldn't it be great to be in the Eastern Conference every Finals every single year? Even if you know that whoever is representing the East is getting blown out, at least from a at least from a recruiting standpoint, I feel like hey, you're the piece, you're the piece. That that might start to sink in at some point as these guys get a little bit older. Who knows? Having said that, I'd say that's what we're looking at Blake Griffin if he picks up his option, would be in trade, one-year rental. Paul George, if he pick, uh would be a one-year rental. Jimmy Butler would be a two-year rental. And then Anthony Davis is sort of like, you know, that, that dream that would solve a lot of problems that the Celtics had this past season for sure. So I'm not even sure it's worth debating on Anthony Davis, right? You just – we're going to throw the farm. <laughs> Match the salary, put in all the picks necessary – bring him in and let's see what the hell happens. And oh, by the way, pretty sure Gordon Hayward will sign on the dotted line. If we do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, (laughs) yes, yes. And you know, there's just no way that you, you, there's any other solution to this. I mean, I understand here's, here's the, this is kind of goes back two weeks ago. when We're talking with, with danger Cart about this. And I've been thinking more and more about this and he's absolutely right. I mean, Golden State seems unbeatable. They're going to have this on lockdown till twenty twenty. They're going to have a core. They're going to be willing to pay some tax um, in that time, and it's going to amp, ramp up and ramp up, and then eventually they'll have to probably do something in two or three years. But anything can happen, you know. I mean, let's go back. Oh eight, we thought it was the start of a, a long run of winning multiple championships, and it, it, all it took was one, <laughs> one unbelievable a stroke of bad fortune with the uh, the bone spur in in KG's knee and two championships were gone just like that. Look at 86, you know. Look at what happened with bias. But that goes to other teams too. The Lakers in 03, 04. Um yeah, you know, look at the Heat and in, in 14, 15. I mean, we have these situations we think that it's never going to end and then inexplicably it turns on a, on a dime. I mean, Two weeks ago, we were thinking, you know, Cleveland's going to have the East until LeBron's gone away. Now, maybe LeBron goes out to LA and kind of does that thing. I think that, that that, the potential of that and the, the kind of chit chatter uh, of the, of the rumors that go along with all that. I, I think it's real. And I think it's caused Danny to think a little bit more about winning now and then playing the long game. I don't know if that's why this deal happened. For, for the Philly deal with Fultz. But I feel like something – you've got to change your approach. If you're the, the team in waiting, if LeBron leaves, one, not only does that make you change how you want to you know, categorize your assets, but two, don't you think – I know. I don't know. This is my feeling. If you're the team that's ready to go, why not ramp it up? Because one turned ankle by Kevin Durant, or or one, you know, or, or you know, Draymond gets kicked out for the whole finals. Entirely possible. You could be in the, the position to be the champion. And isn't it worth it? In that case, it's not like they're like middle of the pack right now. They have a chance to be absolutely in the conversation, and 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 win that championship. This is not crazy stuff. There aren't that many teams between them and the top of the heap. There's a big gap right now, but for all the reasons we've talked about, the assets are there. They can do this. Um, it's a question of how they get there and can they do the right moves to move them into that position. Personally, I think they can, but I think this is a very crucial time between now and the draft where you know maybe you have to take some gambles You have to take some risks. Um, whether it's Blake Griffin and trying to go for him and hope he's healthy. Maybe it's trying to get Paul George a year early and hope you can convince him. I think there has to be a bit of risk and gamble in this. Thankfully, the Celtics have so many assets. They have the ability to gamble and win.
0: Yeah, they do. And so let's, let's say Anthony Davis is off the table. Let's go back to a Paul George, a Jimmy Butler. Uh, even a Blake Griffin on the one-year rental scenario, we talked about that last week, and could they sign Hayward and then also deal for Griffin? And the answer obviously is yes. We figured that out, but then the question mark is when you have to pay Isaiah and Blake, you can only choose one. We'd be under similar circumstances, you know, renting Paul George or trading for Butler. So that obviously complicates the quote-unquote rental scenario, especially when you're not drafting Fultz, right? Because... You're almost conceding the point guard position to smart in that scenario if you choose a player over Isaiah Thomas. And then if you don't choose the player over, you choose the player instead of Isaiah Thomas, then you pay that person. Uh, I mean, if you go the other way and you pay Isaiah Thomas and you let them go, then maybe you just gave up a whole bunch of first-round draft picks for you know one season of Blake or one season of of Paul George and a little bit of a gamble on that whole re-sign since he basically has put it out there through his agent that he doesn't intend on staying with the Pacers and is really eyeing the Lakers. I think that's meant to deter. So, knowing all of that, what's how many picks? Let's just put it that way. We kind of already know. Players have to go in there to match salary. It's probably going to be some sort of a combination of Avery Bradley and or Jay Crowder, depending on the deal. So let's just, let's just, with the understanding that <laughs> one or both of those guys is going to be included, what yeah. pick or what picks or how many picks, however you want to characterize it, would you be willing to give up for Jimmy Butler? And then we'll do the same with Paul George and Blake Griffin.
1: So, for Jimmy Butler, more, right? And it's not because, because of the extra year. It's the extra year, you know, and that makes a big difference is, is having the ability to have two years, you know, to win that over. By the time you get Butler off of his deal, you know, in two years, you're going to have, um, you know, you only have one year left on Horford. Um, you're going to be in a, in a better spot. The other question is, and, and what, you know, do you, do you still need to maintain a max salary slot? I think that's the biggest question. If you know you can get Hayward then how much how many gymnastics do you need to do to try to give yourself a deal and be able to keep that thirty million available for um, for Hayward to slide in? You know what i mean i mean that's to me is is the question is if you can do that so by doing you know Bradley and Crowder even up for for paul george um you know that if if you were able to if you if you did that one that's a that's a big loss from your core but those are that salary that's you know coming in right there um you know in, in terms of that's you're not losing anything in terms of your ability to create that salary slot the problem is is that you're still short probably in terms of money before you do any deal for Paul George but to just do Bradley and Crowder you still don't have enough money to to bring in Hayward, so you can't do let's say Bradley and Crowder for Paul George, like because you're not gonna have, unless you can get Hayward to sign some sort of ridiculously discounted price, um, and and maybe 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 Blake does that, maybe that's maybe you know you're trying to you know ramp it up over three years and and uh, you know backload the contract. I'm not sure, but. The problem is, is is trying to create two spots, right? You make the trade even with lesser assets, but you have to match the salary to get Paul George in here and to get that, that max salary slot. What do you think? Do you think they try to do both, or do you think could you do it for just one? I, I definitely think
0: they would try to do both. but Me too. But it puts it into a rough spot, like we said, which is almost Jimmy Butler. If you get Hayward and you make the trade for Butler – that makes Isaiah Thomas's re-signing very precarious. Now, the, yeah. the other question is this. It seemed like, and I saw an interview on the CLNS uh, media roundtable, Celtics roundtable, and they were talking with Sean Grandy, and Sean is so subtle in the way that he lays out little nuggets. And if you're not listening, sometimes you skip over something, or maybe he wouldn't elaborate anyway. But there was commentary that he dropped about Isaiah Thomas really quote unquote getting it and alluding to the fact that he'd be willing to take less to be on a competitive team now if you go out and and do the two deals you've already you've basically told Isaiah if and especially if it's Butler because now there's no choices right you've signed Hayward you have horford and Butler's salary goes into year two after you have this whole Avery Bradley. Who would probably be traded in that deal, and Marcus Smart and Isaiah Thomas re-signing issues. So at that point, it's kind of like you're looking at Isaiah and you're saying, "All right, this is this is literally all the money we have left. We put you on a competing team. <laughs> this is all. <laughs> this is, is the what you run. get, and we'll extend the- you this summer for a long-term deal on this remaining money, and yeah. then that way you know you we're we're committing to you." We're just only committing to you as much as we can and still make the commitment to you that we're going to try to get to the finals every year. And I think that's your play. I think you definitely go after both. And I think you go back to Isaiah and say, this is what's left. So we can either have one year where we really go hard and try to win it with this crew. And the next year we understand you're going to, you know, go out and play the market or we can resign you with every available dollar we have. We can assign you for a little bit longer. Then you know maybe we we would normally do next off season, and this uh this sets you up to be with a winner and I think that's really that that's your move, so as far as assets go and being willing to trade for Butler like you said, it's definitely more we put way more in to that offer than I would with Paul George for a couple of reasons too, Butler, as much as he's been sort of pointed out as a disgruntled star in Chicago really has not gone around and tried to leverage himself to a certain place. And just like with Ball, I mean, if we had the fourth pick and Ball was the one that was left, obviously at that point I would take Ball. But at the same time, it's sort of, you know, why? Why? Why fight a guy who doesn't really want to be here if you don't have to? With Paul George, I would, but the price is way down. And you know, I think other teams are going to beat out the Celtics in any bidding for Paul George. As far as Blake Griffin goes... This is a guy with a little bit of health history. That team is seemingly blowing up, although there are some changes going on with the Clippers. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But you think that maybe somebody like Blake, you obviously are choosing between him and Hayward if he opts out, but if he opts into his contract and you're looking to make a trade, then you still have the same issue with the coinciding contract expiration next year with Isaiah Thomas and nobody's going to make any commitments. And that's sort of confusing. So I'd say probably Blake and Paul George are just on the same level from the standpoint of it'll be really hard to sign them back again when the contract is up. But Butler sort of allows you to go back to Isaiah and really just lay it out there for him. Hey, let's make the best of this year. Unless you kind of like what we're doing here and you want to stay long term.
1: This is the money we can do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So multiple no, I, picks for
1: Butler. Multiple picks for Butler, but I, I don't know that I would give – like I wouldn't give up number three for him. If if, if, if that was – unless that was the only pick I gave up, that would be the pick I would do. You know what, what i like, what,
0: what if it was number three and like that Clippers pick that's out in the future? What's that, see, 19? See, I think that
1: Clippers pick could be valuable because I think the Clippers are going to be bad. I think – I mean, well, I don't know if they'll be, they're going to be bad, but I think you're right. Probably now is the time to sell on a Clippers pick because if they do get LeBron, then, you know, things things kind of turn pretty quickly. Um, so am just looking you're right, at a that, lesser
0: pick. I'm kind of – I've never really valued that pick all that highly. I think yeah. it has some weird protections on it too. So for me, well, I'm like, you know, if you're saying the only pick and by the only pick you mean – of the number 3 formerly the nets pick this year or soon to be formally the nets pick this year the nets pick next year and the lakers pick next year or what might turn into the sacramento kings pick the following year if you're talking about those i agree you get one but i don't see any reason why you can't texture the trade with some of the other lesser valuable uh first round picks that are in that stash
1: yeah i know i think that's true i think that there's there's there are some ways in which they can um they can layer it with, you know, some value. Like you said, I mean Butler I guess the question I mean to start the conversation, I mean, who's a better player? Would you rather have Paul George or rather Jimmy Butler? I mean to me I'd rather have Paul George. I think Paul George is is a more um he's he's a, a broader talent. Um I think he I th- I think he allows you to do more of the things the Celtics want to do. He does the
0: three four instead of the two three. And yeah and, and that's really what it is. I mean he's he's a wing slash small ball four and you know, obviously he can knock down the three ball better than Butler, which is really part of that spacing that Boston, you know, needs to really mm-hmm. be effective with Isaiah too.
1: Absolutely. Butler yeah, but does
0: duplicate some of the congestion that Isaiah Thomas has. So they would have to sort of, I guess, have this two-pronged approach at attacking the rim. But I will also say, not when they need to manufacture points at the rim, it will take a lot of the stress off of Isaiah with Butler versus Paul. And not that Paul George can't, but Butler seems to be more aggressive to the rack to me.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's true. And I, you know, am I concerned about the ability for you know? I guess you know, Paul George has never made a game-winning shot. We certainly know Jimmy Butler has, although he was not fouled. It's um, <laughs> going back to, to that pre uh, All-Star break uh, phantom foul uh, on Jimmy Butler. I'm not as concerned about that because I have Isaiah Thomas, you know, and I have, and I have a coach in Brad Stevens that knows how to draw plays. I, I don't, you know, tell me, I mean, maybe Frank Vogel is, um, you know, a good coach, but I think offensive genius has not been confused with Frank Vogel. Um, so I think I can get more out of, out of Paul George in the long run, but, I don't think you're going I don't think the cost for him is going to be that high because this Lakers thing is real. Um now ultimately the Celtics took an extra month and were able to convince KG that that he could sign a, an extension and he did. Signed a 3-year extension. It worked out. Um, I'm not sure that the Celtics would have that ability here. I think it probably um they're not going to be able to get that done. Um but maybe i'm wrong maybe you know if if so the syllabus are going to be a lot they're going to be able they're going to be forced to give up a lot more but they're going to be willing to give up a lot more um the question is how much if there's two pieces right i think that's what we're talking about here you don't want to give up too much to get paul george or jimmy butler if you know you need to go out and get anthony davis right like that's the this and 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 then you also got Gordon Hayward if you're this all in too. on the Davis deal and
0: it's going to be on the time frame time frame that Ryan Bernardoni mentioned on on the show recently then you might as well be patient make the pick at 3 sit tight sign Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin probably Gordon and just sit back and and wait wait for the opportunity to present itself in that case you also definitely you know spin down with Phoenix yeah. if they don't like your guy. And you just keep compiling assets until you just throw them at the Pelicans and be like, look, I mean, how can you say no to eight draft picks?
1: <laughs> I know. Right? I mean, it, at some yeah.
0: point, that's what we're talking about. It right. literally could be – I mean, they have seven picks in the next three drafts at this point if the deal goes
1: through Same. as reported. Yeah. and That's disgusting. They only and need to keep you-
0: one of them. They can keep theirs. In, right. in, uh, in 19, right? Or 18. I can't remember, but either way. And unless,
1: happens. unless something really crazy happens, like the Nets become a 21 team or the Kings figure it out, you're probably of that group, you're going to have at least three out of those are going to be top five picks in the next three years. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's insane. your, there's it's your, almost there's like your paying, team.
0: playing NBA 2K. Like, this is how I rebuild really my is. team. Except my team wins 15 games, not 53 in, at first in the Eastern Conference. It's ridiculous. The, Danny is literally playing
1: a video game right now. He really is. Yeah. And, and I, it's, the sad thing is, is that I think that there is reticence in working with him because they're just, Not sure. They don't know where he's coming from. And he does moves like this that people are kind of scratching their head and can't figure it out. And because it's so off the script for most GMs, they're like, you know, Fultz is the best. Why isn't he doing this? What's he trying to pull? What's going on? You know, and it, I think it works against him, unfortunately, because they, they don't know his motivations. They don't know why he's going the way he's going. But it always seems to you always seem to see it in the end. It just takes a lot longer. There was a great meme that someone posted on on Twitter yesterday. It's like how everyone else how Twitter sees uh you know uh the NBA draft and it was Billy Madison there right up next to the golf ball, you know, saying, Why don't you go to your home? And then and then the, the next picture was how Danny Ainge sees the NBA draft. It was like a whole golf course. You know, and it's so perfect because Danny sees the whole thing. And and the one step leads to the other. And I know a lot of people are very critical of him. A lot of people are critical of how this has all worked out. But you can't argue that it's worked out. I mean, his his history has – he seems to find a way to get it done. And people complained about the Rajon Rondo return, but – (laughs) <laughs> Again, it worked out. They got they got players. They got Jay Crowder. It worked. He knows what he's doing. So we need to have a little bit of faith, a little bit of understanding here. Um, and I think that if he takes whether it's Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum, or he takes he's able to trade it and get Paul George, I feel like he knows something. There's something he's going to be able to work through. That's going to work out in the end for the best for the Boston Celtics. That's why you know I, I think. He's just, he's earned that right at this point. Yeah, and no, he's more than it. earned
0: that right. It's just crazy the way that people want to criticize him. That was something else that came up on the Celtics roundtable with Sean Grandy. He's like, yeah, no, I get it. You can criticize him all you want, but at the same time, there's just nobody playing the game better than Danny Ainge right now. I mean, yeah, you can say he probably should have taken the Greek freak instead of Kelly Olinick, but, you know, everybody makes a mistake at some point, you know, and it's not even necessarily a mistake, but you just can't hit a hundred percent of the time. And that was, that was one of the narratives from a year ago with this club, especially with the draft. And it was sort of the fallout from the Jalen Brown selection was, listen, you just want to put yourself in a position uh, to be able to make the best selection possible. And, you know, you want more opportunities to do that, which is, you know, that was the whole Zizic and Yavaselli and, you know, just compiling all of these picks. The more picks you have, the more chances you have to make uh, a value selection later in the draft. And you you talk about the haul in return for Rajon Rondo and people complaining. How about the fact that he drafted him by swapping with Phoenix <laughs> and picking him at like twenty something? And yeah. what did he give Paid for that pick. championship? Right.
1: Yeah, Brian Grant, and that, and he, he was done. Yeah, I know. You're right. Absolutely. You just, you just
0: can't argue. And he said it from the beginning. He said, look, I think that, you know, Red held on too long. I would not hesitate to trade those players. What did he do? He traded them. And what did he get? Holy crap is what he got. (laughs) Oh no, but we're going to get mad. And so I will say it is a gamble passing on faults. If this does some wacky, wild stuff and they wind up getting Fultz at three anyway because Philly decides that that they want a distributor and they all of a sudden go Lonzo Ball, which they won't, that would be the craziest coup ever. At the end of the day, whether they deal this pick or not, we'll talk about that on draft night for sure. I'm sure there's going to be tons of misinformation, information and posturing and rumors this whole week. So buckle up, everybody. We've got to wrap the show, John. Any final thoughts? I'll just say this. Between now and when we go live with Bobby Manning on Thursday, Twitter is going to blow up my phone. It's really – it's too bad. I'm literally in lockdown meetings for three days. Oh, so I am going to be, like, heading off to the bathroom in the middle of the meetings and then getting my Twitter fix like I'm blowing lines in the bathroom. It's going to be nuts.
1: <laughs> that just took a turn. No, I, yeah, it's it's. – I'm actually uh, – with the uh i had you know i started a job about a year ago and i'm through like my very crazy time of the year as of last week so not that my bosses are listening to this but uh i think i should be able to be following it mostly and i look forward to uh hopefully having a chance to chat with some of you guys on twitter it's been a lot of fun um i think there's some people that you know, I think people took it very personally, the Fultz thing. I mean, I was all in on Fultz, very excited about Fultz. Uh, I'm disappointed. Seems like a good kid. Seems like the type of guy you want as a cornerstone of your franchise. Danny saw other things, and I respect the hell out of him, and I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, this is, This is such a – I think this is going to be an an epic week. And unfortunately, I feel like we've been – we've built these things up. But I just don't see a way in which some major things happen in the next two weeks. Um, Between the the next two weeks from now, you've got – we've got the draft by the end of this week. We know our July 4th is about to get
0: ruined again, right? That holiday weekend is going to or week. I guess it's on a Wednesday, yes. right, or whatever Tuesday. Yes, that, that yeah. it's just we're. It's going to be a ruined day, and it's not even attached to a weekend anymore, right? It's no, be, it's one of those like stupid off days in the middle of the week, like the worst timing ever. And you're going to spend the whole time just sitting on Twitter and yep. not even getting Fresh. your barbecue fix
1: well you know and, and actually and those who long time listeners in the show and i'm and i mean decade long listeners of the show will remember that i was on vacation uh when the kg deal happened i rushed home on July our way 31st, home
0: first 2007
1: we did our our uh our post trade wrap up with you and me and JB. And, uh, this year, actually, we've moved weeks because now there's sports camps and my son's got a basketball camp that week. So we are actually instead going to be on vacation on July 4th. So <laughs> I me look too. forward. Ironically, I'm going to be, be in Maine going, on a oh, lake no
0: once again. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there, there uh, that, you know, Sometimes things happen serendipitously like that.
1: They do. They do. I, I, I'm, I'm fully expecting, I'm gonna, let's, you know, we're, we're gonna be on the air before things show and, uh, before we actually, you know, but, but I'm gonna predict that the Celtics were, are going to move and they're gonna have a veteran all-star in hand when they enter free agency before they go out to the market. And I don't know if they'll have the third pick, but I think they're gonna have a veteran all-star in hand could be Jimmy Butler could be Paul George but they're gonna have one in could hand Blake Griffin well no because he's gonna opt out I mean well I guess they could trade for him no right? they could trade for him yeah they could trade for him if he doesn't opt out and maybe he's less likely to opt out in that way I'm not sure but that's I think interesting
0: is, you know what we just hit a nuance and I, we're gonna have to wrap the show
1: I know sorry but how do
0: you trade for a Blake Griffin who has an option that he's not going to pick up until after you trade
1: for him well, you have to have a chance to talk to him. You gotta say, "Are you gonna opt out or not?" And he's gonna say, "Well, trade for me, no." Um, yeah, that's a
0: that's a real handshake, and a. You know what? I almost feel like the Clippers just do a deal, right? They can't. They can't.
1: They can't See, this is
0: why. This is why Zarin said it doesn't. Yep. It makes perfect sense for teams to be able to handle their free agent business in the draft sort of simultaneously or oh, free. free agency beforehand that right yep. there. Cause you know what? The Clippers could get crap for Blake Griffin when really they could be in the
1: driver's seat on a sign and trade instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that that if, if they were able to do that, it just, everything just, there's logic to it. The NFL does it right. They get laid. And, and and that's really the only other league apart from the NHL, I suppose. But the NFL, NFL of all does. all the
0: things the NFL gets wrong, this is the one they get right?
1: The one they get right. That's right. <laughs> but I think it's great. I think this going to be a lot of fun. Um, and... Love Tatum. I think Jackson could be good, but I think this is going to be, I think we're going to be spending a lot more time this week. I think we'll be talking a lot less about Markel Fultz, a lot less talking about Josh Jackson and, and Jason Tatum and talking a lot more about Paul George. I think that something's, I think Paul George is going somewhere by the time the draft He's happens. He's
0: the one that's by far the most available.
1: So and I, I, and I would not be at all surprised to see if this Anthony Davis stuff, if there's more to it, more kind of bubbles up. So real um, because quick, I feel real like quick,
0: there. Let's let's hope it is. But if it's not, and it's George and Hayward, just think about the starting lineup for a second. You know it's Isaiah. You know it's probably Hayward at the three, George at the four, Horford at the five, and you got the two yep. spot. You know who's going out, right? Is Jalen Brown going to be your starting shooting guard in that lineup? or are they going to put Marcus Smart out there at the 1 and work Isaiah Thomas more off the ball. Well, answer this one and then and then maybe we'll ta- ta- table the discussion for Thursday when maybe we have a little bit more nuts and bolts on all this stuff.
1: Yeah, well I think this is that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out is how do they make a deal for Paul George give enough allow themselves the 30 million dollars they need to sign a Gordon Hayward or a Blake Griffin? Without including one of, if not both, of Jalen Brown and Marcus smart i'm not I'm not as I'm not the <laughs> I'm not a danger cart, so I don't have the ability to kind of see the the math before it happens and and forget tax like we're, we're I'm ignoring tax implications here we, we, we were spent a long time talking about it here. I think we're in a different scenario because of the potential of of LeBron leaving. But I don't see how they can make a move with Indiana and get um, and in the process turn let's say you know in, in this scenario let's say that it is Paul George. I don't know how they do that sending Bradley out, sending out Crowder let's say in terms of the two biggest salaries that are fixed to be on this team, not including Isaiah Thomas who you're not going to send out. And still get $30 million. I don't see how they do that. If you include Jalen Brown, you can get closer, but you still have no, to send Jaylen out. Jalen Brown
0: and Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart and Rozier's got to go. That's basically how it maps out. Yeah, brown- Rozier Bradley- is how you get into a negative financial scenario with more salary going out than you have coming back in George. With George making, you know, 18, almost 18 and a half, you've yeah. got Bradley and Crowder that come out to a little over 14. You could yeah. throw in Demetrius Jackson to get another 1-5, and Terry Rozier for another 2. That's still three and a half. That gets you close, but not quite to 18, which is why you're probably going to have to drop out. Uh, you might drop out Terry Rozier in that case and throw in Marcus Smart and that would get you there with Demetrius Jackson and then you'd be in that sort of negative negative salary so you'd still have the max contract but you're right
1: but no it, because it's going to cost
0: you Bradley Crowder
1: and Smart or Brown right and and the problem is you still have to you still have to send away more so even if even if you even what do if you mean, you mean even, in terms of picks or no 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 what i'm saying is Let's say you, you, send, you've got Paul George, right? You got the 18 million. Um, you know, and let's say you we were able to find a way to make that balance out with Smart, Crowder, and Bradley. Okay. Which I don't think the Celtics would do that deal, by the way. I don't, I don't think Probably they want not. to completely implode their team for, for one guy. But let's say they were able to make that work. They still have to send out more in a salary to try to create enough space so where they could sign Gordon Hayward for twenty for $30 you know, million. No, that's what dollars. I'm telling
0: you. Just add Jackson yeah. and you're there.
1: No, so you're not. Br- yeah, you, you are. Bradley no,
0: Crowder, Smart and Jackson is nineteen five to Paul yeah, George's you, 18-3.
1: Right, but you need to make $4 million in space. It's not a million. You, you need to send out like $4 million. But didn't
0: we already clear one three by moving down to the three spot?
1: And That's true. Clearing, yeah. and then you're clearing one
0: two, so we're right around two six, I think, in cap space. So we got to get it's, we got to li- get a little bit more. Do we just who do we renounce in that case?
1: Well, yes, and everybody, everybody's got to be renounced. You got to renounce obviously young. And you're telling me you we're still going to come
0: up one and a half short.
1: Well, it's closer. But you know what happens is- in
0: that deal? You include number three, and now you're gold. <sighs> Actually you You get to keep smart. What's the what's the salary at number three? It was like seven and a half for number one.
1: I think it's four and a half. It's what Jalen Brown's making. It's four and a half? It's a little less than four and a half because Jalen's on his second year. But yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, if you add four and a half to Bradley Crowder Jackson because you throw out number three, that's twenty and a half. So that gets you two point two. That only gets you 2.2, though. Yeah. It, no, but now you don't have to take the other... You're not taking on the 4.5.
1: So that does it. That does it. Cause it but does that's, it. Pretty, that's a lot, right? It is. I mean, you're sending them out basically... <laughs> to 40% of your starting lineup, you're sending them out. One that was under a, a very low cost-control deal for a guy who... May only be there a year. And your third pick. That seems that seems costly. I you know, I don't know how you do that. I, I just I don't you're know right. how
0: throwing Bradley Crowder at Paul George for a rental year and yeah. throwing in the number three pick just to get it done financially mm-hmm. and not trading like everybody in the in the farm. You know, and some right. of the young players, you're right. And that is a lot to give up. Even though, well, it you know what, it's not so bad with Bradley because, you know, whatever. All oh, right. If you could have cost controlled for four years, that's the killer.
1: If you could do Bradley and Zeller, okay, and you could do that and get Paul George, like I have no problem with that at all. The problem is that now you, you just added
0: the eight million in that you can't give to Hayward.
1: Yeah, and there's no way you're going to create eight million in space. Like you're not going to send out. I mean, I guess you could send out smart and try to get a future number one, and try to you, know, you could try to do stuff like that. Um, no, and that you, made, you could, could end up. Jay doing.
0: Crowder's making six 2 You'd have to spin Jay off with Demetrius Jackson. That'd get you to seven six. You'd all you'd be within striking distance of the Zeller eight million that you just picked up. Then you have to send those. You have to send some players. Maybe you throw Rosier. Maybe it's Rosier, Crowder, and Jackson. Get spun off to a team well under the cap for future
1: picks. Right. And Philly, that's, that, and that's the other interesting thing about the Philly deal is that, okay, you, you're, you are, you've started a dialogue with them about one and three, right? And this whole situation. They're under the cap. They're going to be under the cap. Now that they've gone with Fultz, they're not, they're more than likely not going to be going after Kyle Lowry. So even if they signed, even if they gave a boatload of money to jj reddick who's probably the next guy they're looking at in terms of a veteran they're still going to have 15 20 million dollars you can throw a player at them to absorb and that was one thing that danger Cart was talking about is throw bradley at them and get back like robert covington or, or uh rashawn holmes is another one so there's a whole bunch of options out there i'm just not sure what we're gonna do yeah, well, we'll talk. I'll tell you what we are going to do. We're going to talk
0: about it on Thursday on Draft Night, there we and go. maybe we'll have some clarity. Maybe we won't. We'll we'll definitely be here to talk to everybody. So look for the announcements. John and I will be tweeting it out, as well as from the Celtics Stuff Live Twitter handle at CSL underscore Tweet Live. That is going to do it for this week's show. It will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app and radio dot com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, and you could support the show by subscribing to Celtics Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a rating and a review. Uh, your feedback is very important to us, and a reminder, today's show brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. They have a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Media Network. Thanks to the loyal audience for making it all worthwhile, and for staff writer Samuel Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and for my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
1: Celtic Stuff Live.